This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Zoot Crew Riot. It's National Signing Day, and I get to validate my masculinity through a 17-year-old boy. Aaron Henry, seen walking into Home Depot, looking to buy a bucket, but leaving with some bricks. Danton Cole avenges Mark D'Antonio, your Twitter questions, and a preview of the battle for green and white. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone. We're a week away from Christmas, and we're here to bring you some good tidings. But we're Spartans, so that's not exactly coming up in spades. You're, of course, listening to Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by my friend Kevin Greck. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at Spartan underscore pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Kevin, a whole bunch of teenagers promised to come to the MSU today. Did you grow stronger through their youthful energy? You were talking about these football recruits? Of course. Yes, I did. Unfortunately, uh, I only have three-star looks, so like our recruits perfectly match up. It's, you know, to like bolster my youthful energy. So, uh, yeah, it all worked out. Worked are, out. You, are you saying that on an attractiveness level, you're, you're three stars? Well, I wouldn't say that. I, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm not two star trash recruit, you know, <laughs> I think, uh, I think, you know, uh, there are certain elements I'm tall and thin. So like that takes you most of the way there, unless you're like, very tall and thin. Uh, wait, but I would. You mean you're saying you're tall and thin, but you're not very tall and thin? Exactly. Exactly. Got We're it. not in okay. Tom Herzog territory. Which Tom, if you're listening, great, love you. Uh, big time magic player, Tom Herzog, Magic the Gathering. Uh, but you know how many five stars are there? Like thirty, thirty-five. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, I don't think uh, I can't claim to be top 30 top 35 uh so i'm gonna give myself some room probably not four star either three star salad middle of the road you can build your program on that <laughs> uh you need some development but uh mm-hmm. you know y- you've got the goods mm-hmm. maybe i'll do better in the re-ranking after i graduate we'll find out got it got it got it i uh, would love to keep talking about this but of course we need to mention our presenting sponsor which Kevin, I found out uh, this past week that um, we had a listener who was 10 minutes away from our presenting sponsor, Fraser's Pub, and thought we were doing a bit. What? Yes. So I want to be very clear to all of our listeners. We are inexplicably compensated to talk about Fraser's Pub, and we do actually sincerely like them, which made it a natural fit for a first sponsor. We're big fans over here, and... Uh, you know, we, we, we joke out of love about wood paneling. Uh, we talk about the characters that find their way to the bar, uh, who are good people and will give you a memorable night, but they are a real sponsor. Indeed. And we Frazier's cherish Pub. them. So 
Yes. Uh, Fraser's Pub on Packard Street in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, if the oldest sports bar in Ann Arbor, and frankly, the only sports bar that I think you'd want to go to while you're in Ann Arbor, has wonderful rotating draft selection. And uh, this month, for a few more days, I guess, what, another week, uh, you can get a Bell's Official, which is a hazy IPA, uh, 23 ounces for the same price as a pint. We would sincerely ask all of our listeners, if you get a chance to, to hop into Fraser's Pub, it's a great bar. Please tell the manager that Can't Read, Can't Write sent you. It would mean a whole lot to us. Which has also happened. Confirmed cases of that taking place as well. So, uh, Pat Williams, at least. Tip of the cap. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to give uh, random shout-outs to very specific listeners throughout the show. Uh, yeah. And Pat Williams, thank you so much. Yep. How is that uh, Ruben, buddy? Uh, <laughs> pretty good i know the answer to that let's so on. so far we've we've dived into uh how kevin views his attractiveness level and uh, gone over <laughs> the uh the specific order of a, a dear listener who has gone to fraser's pub let's get to the show um mm-hmm. it, so for those who maybe are joining for the first time we're already off the the rails uh but normally what we will do is we will first Uh, Go into a segment we call the Green Wall, where we recap some of the news that's been happening in in MSU sports over the last week. Then we will head off Grand River to discuss topics that are maybe MSU adjacent, but in you know the college hoops, college football, uh, sometimes professional sports news, uh, looking oftentimes for some intersection of sports and culture. And then finally, uh, after taking your Twitter questions, we will give you a preview of the week to come in MSU sports. So, Kevin, let's start it off with uh, the green wall and talk a little hoops. Uh, Which, at the time of this recording, uh, Foster Lawyer is at the line with 17 seconds to play in this Northwestern game. And it looks like MSU is going to pull this one out if he hits this and he does, gets the front. So uh, we can add to our list here, uh, Michigan State going on the road, defeating Northwestern, the first Big Ten road game of the year. Big Ten road win of the year in the entire conference, but we should talk Oakland first. Yes. So this past um, weekend, MSU went to Little Caesars Arena and met with uh, Oakland University. Greg Campy, head coach, longtime friend of Tom Izzo, and uh, the two teams sparred, but it was not a close game. No. It had moments where Oakland sort of closed the gap. I think they had it down to like eight points at at one point or another in the second half. But uh, generally speaking, I mean, and as we said in our coverage of the of the game last week, this is more about how MSU plays than it is about Oakland. Uh, So I think. This has been the story in the media this week. Uh, I think Brennan Quinn tweeted out that right now that this is uh, Tom Izzo's lowest percentage shooting team of his uh, career. Uh, And we saw more of that against Oakland. I mean, Aaron Henry is not the only one uh, picking up bricks uh, over at Home Depot. Everyone's taking uh, taking a share of the wheelbarrow over there. Yeah, what's what's sort of alarming about the Oakland game is the the final score was seventy two to forty nine, obviously for Michigan State. The defense uh, was was pretty solid, um, but of the if you go through the stat line, the highest scoring player was Aaron Henry with a mere ten points. 
Yeah. The 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 points I guess you could say were evenly distributed uh, throughout the team, but you you would hope against a team like Oakland that someone would have had a night, and no one on the team did. No, no one on the team did, and uh, I mean. We saw a little bit more of what we were hoping to see from from some of the players. Connor George in particular. I know you're, you've always got a keen eye out for Connor George. He hit some big shots. Uh, and, you know, your boy uh, Stevie Izzo got in there at the end. Pulled down some boards. Yanked down some, some, uh, some rebounds there. So we're happy to see that because it, it did get out of hand at the end. But I think... We might be ready to say that there is a certain identity to this team, even though it's now a final score against Northwestern. They've got the first Big Ten Conference road win. Uh, This might not be a shooting team Uh, since, you know, Josh Langford is going to be on the bench. We suspect for the entire season uh, and uh, and we we won't be getting uh, what's his name transfer. He's irrelevant for this year. So it doesn't matter. Joey Hauser. Hauser. Uh, I I think it might be time to acknowledge that uh, the three point shooting that carried this team at times last season will will not be here to be relied upon this season. Yeah. And so one of the interesting things about that is uh, freshman shooting guard combo guard, really, because he plays some point. Rocket Watts has been out uh, with a stress reaction in his left leg. Um, What's interesting is it seemed like, well, what's interesting is how that injury was spotted. Um, Tom Izzo talked about going over tape and being baffled at how poorly Rocket Watts was shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he was leading the charge to Home Depot for the brick sale. <laughs> and, you know, and, and in particular at the, the Duke game, I think he might have had more shots blocked against him than than actual points. Um, you know, was not laying the the ball up well, and it, it ends up being they noticed that he really was laying off of his left foot, and and so you know you hope that if he's able to get back soon uh, and have a little bit of time for some of these more tune up kind of games, that you'll see some better shooting because you know if you're not able to use your legs effectively, then you know your shots. Um, not going to come through for you in particular sure. if you're, you know, unbalanced in how you can use your legs. But, you know, he, he is just a player. And to your point, it is team wide now can't get a bucket. Um, and in particular the, from beyond the three point line. Yeah. So fortunately in this Northwestern game, uh, I've got to bring up the box score for that, but there were, there were definitely times where the team seems to be shooting better. Uh, Gabe's hit a couple in this game. Uh, Cassius Winston opened this Northwestern game with two. Uh, Lawyer had a good one off of a uh, off of a screen uh, to, at the end of a, a shot clock. So um, th- this is modern college basketball. Uh, you rely on the three point shot. It's important to be able to make those shots efficiently. Uh, it, it's a big part of the offense. Uh, certainly it was last year. Uh, so it's something that we're going to watch as it progresses. They are 2-0 in the Big Ten, and they did trounce Oakland, but it's it's there. It's a ling- lingering concern that uh, it's not going away. 
Yeah, and and so you know this is probably an inelegant transition, but you know talking about legs and sort of not being able to shoot. Um, Sean Windsor, with the Detroit Free Press, a columnist over there, was able to sit down and wrote a fantastic piece after interviewing Cassius Winston, to, talking about what he's been going through and. You know, it, it, after he lost his brother, not being able to eat, not being able to sleep, not being able to, you know, get into the weight room to do extra conditioning, you know, the immense loss that he's gone through. And I believe they're, I'm probably paraphrasing, but that, you know, in this time of understandable heartache and, and, and loss, that he's just not been able to find joy in basketball. Mm-hmm. And I think as fans, we all kind of moved on a little bit and, um, and obviously no one should have expected him to. Of course. Yeah. It's something that gets mentioned, you know, twice a broadcast, something like that. Uh, not something that you want to belabor. Of course, what was covered in that article is that, uh, Cassius's mom, you know, chose not to go to the Duke game because she didn't want to be surrounded by you know, strangers offering their condolences and she doesn't want to live in that with, you know, with people that she, that she doesn't know well. So, uh, certainly it's not just Cassius. It's the entire Winston family and the role that he has in that family. And as great a piece as it was, and certainly Sean Windsor deserves credit. I give Cassius an immense amount of credit as well for opening up publicly about you know, his feelings and what's really, you know, bothered him in this whole process, what he's continued to struggle with, what these feelings are like. Um, it was a, it was very powerful. If you've had, if you haven't had a chance to read it yet, I do recommend that you go ahead and take a look at it. But like you said, I mean, to a degree, the fan base, you know, sort of factors that in a small percentage, but these are, these are humans playing basketball. This isn't robot basketball. Uh, external factors play a large, uh, a large factor in these games. And this is, you know, this is something that isn't just going to be a factor in Cassius's, you know, basketball career this year, these games, it'll be something that he has to grapple with for years or decades to come, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, as we sit over here every week, spitting our hot take garbage and, and, you know, talking now about not, you know, not being able to shoot, you know, if, if Cassius isn't able to be Cassius on the court and have all the understanding in the world for him about that, it, for this team, there's no one else who drives offense more than him. And, and so you know, as, as this team progresses and as it grows and as it finds its identity, the, the thing that we should all kind of put an asterisk on our comments and at all the stuff we say week after week, please put an asterisk on it that um, we are mindful that not every game is going to be pretty. And there are plenty of, to your point, human reasons for why that may be. And we just, we, we continue to hope nothing but the best for him and his family and, you know, hope that um, he can, when, when possible, find, find joy in something that he did for a long time and not for selfish reasons, just because it's been a big part of his life. 
Yeah, it's been his release for other trials that he's had previously, but you know, it's such a big part of his identity now more than ever. Uh, so it, it makes sense to me how, you know, given that Zachary was a basketball player himself, how there's you know a great deal of difficulty, particularly around basketball. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, so I would just say, as I think it's an important time to, you know, as, as we try and remember that, um, we have, you know, tragedies that hit and, and we all kind of do our thing to, to say something about those tragedies. Um, and maybe we should do a better time, a job of, of being mindful that there are a lot of people who are afflicted uh, with uh, tragedy in their own lives that aren't necessarily Cassius Winston and knowing that it's mm-hmm. the holiday season and that can be particularly challenging for people. Um, just wanted to re-remind people that whether it's you uh, or you need help because a friend or family member seems like they might need a resource. Um, feel free to uh, call anytime the national suicide uh, prevention hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or you don't feel like picking up the phone. Uh, you don't want to talk to somebody voice to voice. You can always text home. That's H O M E to seven, four, one, seven, four, one. Indeed. So, uh, with that, let's talk. Yeah. How are you, you going to handle this <laughs> transition about the MC most, Jones. the, the most, uh, disgusting, gross part of college athletics. Recruiting. Yeah. Let's talk about some high school kids, Kevin. Yeah, let's go. Uh, so the storyline on this is that the class is not very good, right? Just to distill it all down. That's the concern. Uh, I, that's the, the hot take that uh, people would, would lead you to believe. I, I think that anyone who took some time to do some research realized that it's a little bit more gray than that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a little more nuanced. So for those who don't know, today was National Signing Day where high school kids uh, get to sign letters of intent to attend a university that's been recruiting them uh, to play football uh, over the last, I believe this is the second year, maybe it's the third, but this is the, we'll just say second year where the signing day has been moved up. Um, and so ordinarily the stuff would take place in February. But they've now allowed a three-day window starting today. That's we're recording on a Wednesday uh, for mm-hmm. for high school kids to sign letters of intent. Michigan State had twenty commitments, nineteen of them signed. Um, one commitment, uh, Jordan Simmons, who is a, a committed running back out of Georgia, has said that he will sign in February, and that's been confirmed by multiple outlets that he is still committed and plans to sign in February. But the, the 19 people who, who did sign today makes the, this Michigan State class uh, composite ranked uh, 39th in the nation. Uh, for those who don't indulge in this disgusting, uh, weird niche industry, um, there are a number of recruiting websites one of them in particular takes compiles all of the recruiting rankings and gives a composite rating. Um, and so this class is 39th, which makes it 
bottom quadrant of D'Antonio classes, but not out of the norm. Um, Kevin, what do you want to the, say about some 17-year-olds? Yeah, well, there are a couple things that I would note in this, sort of for both positions. One, a 20-person class is relatively small by football standards, and that does go into those composite rankings, particularly between teams. Uh, so when you're only bringing 20 new guys into the program uh, and other teams are bringing in 25, 28, more, you know, as a percentage, that's significantly more. That's almost, you know, 40% more. Um, those rankings, you know, those numbers sort of extrapolate. It's not like a an average or something that they use. Um, the other thing that I would say, though, on the other side is when I look at recruiting, and I again, we try not to, I do look at peer groups about, you know, what are the other teams recruiting these guys? What do the offer sheets look like? Uh, anyone that's, you know, clicked into individual recruit prof profiles will see like, oh, there's a four scar guy, but he only has two offers or three offers somehow. Uh, whereas sometimes you'll see a three star guy with offers from everyone. So, uh, I, when I'm choosing to consume recruit media, which I try again to do less and less of all the time, uh, and certainly should we do a PSA on you know, talking to recruits on social media. Yes, I think we should. Uh, don't, I think is, uh, what I would say. Um, if they've committed, it's maybe mildly more acceptable, but you know, they're high school kids and they're still in classes for high school stuff. Um, they're still worried about their senior prom. Like stay out of their mentions. Yeah. And if you want if you want to follow them because they care about follow numbers and those types of things, sure. But maybe and, and keep it keep it there. How yeah, about and that? I would I, I would say you know if you've got a recruit that seems to be particularly engaged with the alumni base, you know, um, and and tweets pretty openly and actively in support of the school, you know, it maybe they're inviting a little bit more interaction. But when a kid's trying to make a decision. Don't hop in their mentions, you know, leave them be. And if they make a decision and it goes against the interests, your rooting interests, just take a step back. <laughs> yes, please. Walk it away at that point. Yeah. This, uh, this is the worst time to be appearing in the mentions of a recruit. You just take a long look in the mirror um, and say, am I that guy? Am I that gal? Yeah. Don't be. Uh, but anyway, it, look, the this class, despite it all being three stars, two of them were ranked with four stars at uh, a couple sites. Um, I also think that you can say stars don't necessarily matter. Um, you know, look, if you're Ohio State and you've got all the five stars, some of them aren't going to pan out. But you got enough five stars to know that some of them are going to be very, very, very good. Uh, yep. But look, uh, Kenny Willickis graduating this year was not ranked, had zero stars next to his name and went on to be a, a force in the Big Ten. Um, you know, Joe Bocci, obviously, we all wish that his season had ended under different circumstances. 
but was not, you know, coming in as a five-star recruit. Some of our five-star recruits have turned out to be busts or not great for team chemistry. Um, yeah. And to your point, uh, for instance, Jordan Sims, the uh, or Simmons, sorry, the the running back who's going to sign his letter in February, you know, has offers from I believe Georgia and LSU. Like, I think we should yeah. feel pretty good about that. For sure. So, so you know, if you if you look at the recruiting class, and we aren't going to spend too much time on names or any time really, but there are. There are some uh, some kids who have either found football as a senior uh, and have tremendous athletic potential. There are some kids who, uh, for instance, we've got a, an O-line guy coming in from Canada um, who, you know, there's just not as much recruiting buzz up there. And so um, don't. Place yeah, and a lot of this comes stars. from camps. A lot of this comes from. You know, who you know, the sizes of fan bases have a lot to do with this. And you're right. Not not every guy hits uh, sometime. Even the biggest, you know, programs in the country have flops. Sometimes four star, you know, 280 ranked quarterbacks from Ohio go to Ohio State and they have to transfer out. And then they go to another school and they win the Heisman. Uh, you know, those things happen. Yeah. Um, so long story short, I I actually, based on what I've read about this class, think there's some guys who could be real stars at MSU and, and bringing some success. We added a lot of speed, um, added some playmakers and there's some guys on defense that look like they might be early contributors. So look for all the poo pooing that's going on about rankings and stars for this class. I think if you if you do some analysis of of the individual players, there's some stuff to be excited about here. Um, Chris Solari for the Detroit Free Press gave a great rundown on the people who had signed today and gave a comparable player from MSU history to to each one. You can check that out on freep.com backslash Spartans. And um, I, you know, we hate promoting other pods that don't come on to our show, but I will say Spartan Speak, which has Chris Solari and Graham Couch, the columnist for Lansing State Journal, uh, did a little bit on uh, six players that were exciting them and, and gave some, some reasons for us to be hopeful over here about this class. Um, so, and remember, Julian Barnett, my man, uh, said that, that Mark D'Antonio is building something over here. So let's get excited. Yeah, sure. Uh, Let's move on from talking about kids and uh, talk about some slightly older kids and discuss some MSU hockey. There we go. Hold on. Wait for it. <sighs> hockey. That's for you. Let's go. That's for you, Jer Bear. Uh, look, uh, we are not experts, but we can tell you this. Danton Cole avenged Mark D'Antonio he and sure split did. a series with ASU. Uh, lost one night, won the next, and the loss on the, the first night was a close one. Yeah. So uh, it, it was, it, it, look, I was following the games a little bit, and they were quite exciting, both of them. We continue to believe that if you are in the East Lansing area or can get to the East Lansing area, you should find yourself some tickets to Munn and uh, check out an ice hockey game because they seem to be on the rise, and who wouldn't want to be buying into an MSU team on the rise right now? I'm buying in. I'm spending Valentine's Day at Mon Ice Arena for the Michigan game. I'll be there. Join me. Open invite. Look for uh, tall and skinny, about yep. three stars in looks, but not too tall and not too skinny. 
Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, uh, MSU Hockey does have the Great Lakes Invitational coming up on December 30th. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, Kevin, what, uh, what can you tell them about the GLI? Well, it happens every year. You know, U of M and MSU, I believe, participate every year. And then there's sort of a rotating cast of the of other various regional teams uh, that play as well. Happens down at uh, not Joe Lewis Arena. I'm showing uh, age here a little bit. Happens down at the Little Caesars Arena. Uh, and they're, they're head-to-head, uh, their doubleheader uh, matchup. So uh, day one, MSU's taking on Michigan Tech, which unfortunately these are the two highest-ranked teams and ranked pretty closely in the pairwise ranking. So uh, this might be a situation where, you know, the championship game's right up front and then uh, the actual championship games is slightly less important. But uh, looking at uh, MSU, U of M, Ferris, and Michigan Tech uh, over the course of a weekend. So uh, I've been down to a GLI or two. Uh, it's a good time. You get to mingle with other teams. Uh, and unfortunately, it's, you know, a tournament that MSU has not had much success in of late, but you know, things are happening this season. Well, with that, it's time for me to crack a beer because it's our time for our first not a sponsor, which is a returning not a sponsor. We love to see it. We love to see it. Uh but the sponsor you hate to see it. Uh This segment is brought to you by the Hondo Carpenter School of Broadcast Journalism. We told you last time that you'll uh, learn to rehearse your questions, clench your fists, reduce the quiver in your voice as as much as possible as you spit wicked truth to power. But the Hondo Carpenter School of Broadcast Journalism also wants to let you know that they'll teach you some real tools of the trade, like how to build a social media presence, how to source a story. For instance, how to break news about staffing changes at MSU football by chatting with 17-year-old kids who just signed a letter of intent. And then tweet about it. That's right. The Hondo Carpenter School of Broadcast Journalism. Known for excellence. excellence. Go All right. Man. He's affiliated with Sports Illustrated right now. Okay? Yeah, they, they got a great Sp- reputation. Anyway, let's right now. <laughs> let's head off Grand River. And Kevin, uh, this first story is pure gossip, pure nonsense. But I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, I think speaking of Sports Illustrated, I think they might have broken this story. Oh, they did. They did. And it was uh, sourced from a quote unquote close friend who knows a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So uh, I think the, the, I think our editorial standards might be stronger than uh, than those. I don't I'm not sure that we would have allowed <laughs> something like that to go to print. But word on the street is Mr. Amazon himself, Mr. A to Z. The Bezos has been in Detroit looking at potentially buying the Lions. Uh, there's been some speculation that is Martha Ford. Uh, sort of advances in years uh, that perhaps her estate could be looking to, um, you know, avoid some uh, or take that as an opportunity. And perhaps her, her passing is an opportunity to, uh, to change around some assets. Uh, 
I have a feeling that uh, that's probably not required, and there's a team full of accountants making sure that if the Ford family wants to hold on to the Detroit Lions, the the mechanisms for that are well in place. Uh, we're not accountants here. You could, you know, Jonesy, you're much closer to this stuff than I am, so care to speculate if you want. But I personally would love it. The Detroit Lions have been a garbage organization my entire life, and the third and your father's entire life, and his it. father's entire yeah. life, and the only thing, the only thing that has been consistent over that time is ownership. So, in a league that everyone right now comments on the parody in, you know who that that parody doesn't apply to. Unless you're talking about comedic parody, the Detroit Lions, the Detroit Football Lions, just, I mean, they've, if you go back, they haven't won a, a division title in, in 20 years or 25 years or whatever. That's the four game, that's a four team playoff. You just have to beat three other teams for a division title. It's r- truly ridiculous. And then having, Having someone with unlimited money, you know, running the team, uh, I know that there are ethical concerns around that concept, but just having someone for whom the to- you know, the team is a toy to just like do crazy stuff with, I mean, just shift it, man. Mix it up a little bit. Do something. Look, I, I feel like if Bezos bought the Lions... And he's not going to, unless he, I mean, unless he wants to wait until Martha Ford dies. Um, thoughts and prayers. But the, if he did, I would love him to bring the efficiency and analytic savvy that he's brought to Amazon to the Lions. Sure. Uh, and you know what? If he did crazy stuff, I'm here for it. I mean, because it, it couldn't get worse. And and look, I'm not a Lions fan. I I think they're hilarious. But if you're a Lions fan, I think you need to take a long, hard look in the mirror and say, would I be okay with someone doing something that's crazy that I don't fully understand? And I think you have to say yes, because it's better than what you got right now. Yeah. Which is just, it's not even, what, what you have right now isn't crazy. It's just apathy. It's just apathy. And you know, there's kind of, a, there's kind of, precedent for this kind of stuff william clay ford ran he was a ceo of ford for a while and he he just discovered he wasn't the guy for the job so he walked away so maybe the ford family realizes the team would be better off in someone else's hands give someone a shot liquidate that two and a half billion dollar asset or whatever the you know the lions organization is worth um it did bother me a little bit that there were tons of fans out there that were speculating that Bezos would would move the team. Why would you move the team? That's a ridiculous premise. Like no other city is going to get hyped to find out that the Lions are coming. And two, Detroit is a perfectly good football market. People have been filling up that stadium for no reason yeah. again. <laughs> my <laughs> entire life and my father's entire life. Well, yeah, why would you sell a team or I'm sorry, why would you move a team that has a fan base that generates a profit when for a pile of garbage? Like, yeah, you know, if they built Ford Field around a landfill, I think Lions fans would show up. 
just out of habit, out of routine, out of instinct. Is that a little harsh? <laughs> yeah, if it's... All right. Let's move on to uh, uh, talk about some other things going on in college basketball, because until your Spartans went to Northwestern and won on the road, no one seemed to be able to. Kevin, yeah. what's been happening in Big Ten hoops? I mean, Ohio State got dropped by Minnesota. Uh, the University of Michigan, who was uh, riding high there for a little bit, <laughs> dropped, uh, dropped one to Illinois. They also lost at home. In a in kind of a heartbreaker to Oregon, even though Wait, they had some some option can, some opportunities in that. Can we take a minute to laugh about rankings for a second? Because Michigan went from unranked to, to number four, and then I believe dropped three of their next four. Then they had you know three losses. Uh, worth noting, Kempom eighteen, University of Michigan. So fair. Um. Uh, I mean, but again, Ohio State dropped one to Minnesota, and Ohio State is Kempom number one. And if you've been watching Ohio State, that team is legit. They had some challenges in that game, but they're legit, man. Uh, so right now, I mean, the Big Ten is a tough place to play on the road. Uh, but, I mean, Kempom, looking over here right now, Ohio State one, Michigan State five, Maryland seven, Purdue eight. So there's strong teams in the Big Ten, and you know you can't take it for granted on the road. No, this is this is a year that uh, the Big Ten I think is going to get ugly, mm-hmm. and you know it, again I, I think we need to reset for a variety of reasons about our preseason number one ranking, and reason number one would be that. There's been off-the-court things that have really changed the dynamic of that team, uh, not only from uh, the loss of Cassius' brother, Josh Langford going out to injury, Joey Hauser not getting cleared for a transfer, but the Big Ten is way better than anyone thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And that's great. That's good. That, I mean, that amps your strength of schedule when it comes tournament time, but just be prepared. We're going to lose some games, and that's okay. Yeah, I, I think... People forgot about Ohio State from two years ago. Uh, I think they kind of forgot that Chris Holman was still down there and that uh, that team can be formidable. So uh, keep that in mind uh, as we move forward because there are going to be days where you open up the Twitter feed or evenings where you're a little upset and you're going to see some MSU Twitter coming back at you about how this team is garbage or you know X or Y or Foster Lawyer shouldn't play basketball at all, much less at MSU. So. Uh, well, yes, today's road win, the first in the conference for the year is commendable. It's not going to last. They're not going undefeated. So even in the back so, of your head and North Carolina lost to Wofford at home for the second time in three years. So it could be worse. Yeah, it's college basketball. That's this is what we love about it. Um, let's uh, head over to a heavier subject. Mm. Uh, the Army Navy football game was played this past weekend, and there was a moment in the broadcast where Reese Davis found himself in the stands with some cadets uh, around him, and uh, a couple cadets flashed a sign that has been associated with white power, the white power movement, white nationalism, uh, which, for those who don't know, is an upside-down okay symbol that you would make on your hand. 
Um, the Anti-Defamation League um, does point out, obviously, that this symbol has multiple meanings. It is, they, they have identified it as not only a trolling gesture, but a hate gesture, though open to interpretation. What's a little concerning is the, the cadets also flashed this uh, right behind a cadet of color and on national TV. Um, for those who are curious why this is a, a symbol that's associated with white power, uh, it's because apparently, and if you look in the mirror, which I weirdly had to do today to confirm, uh, it, it makes a, a W and a P, obviously, for white power. Um, the academies are looking into it and conducting a, a thorough investigation. And I, I think, Kevin, I, I would love your take on this, but, you know, this, this symbol also used to be a thing that we did when we were like, what, 12, uh, where you got to punch a guy if he looked at it. Right. That's am I remembering the rules of the game that's, correctly? That's how I knew it. Uh, I knew that, um, you know, if I could you know, trick someone into looking at it, that I could then sock them in the arm. Because that likewise, makes sense. <laughs> they, me and everyone's playing, even if you don't think you're playing, you're playing. So this is a lot like the the keg cap in the in the uh, red solo cup at a kegger you know someone drops the keg cap in your cup even if you don't think that you're playing you got to drain that beer it's essential so uh i mean just like it it's, keg caps uh, are, are notoriously associated with white nationalism god don't ruin that too <laughs> don't ruin that like you've ruined my upside down okay sign well that i'm always look. flashing everywhere I think it would be important because I didn't know that this was a, a symbol of hate until a couple years ago. Um, so I think it would be important for our listeners who are worried about no longer being able to use an OK sign upside down, appropriate uses for the OK sign upside down. Um, so I, I think uh, first is obviously if you're, you're signing in American Sign Language, that is an appropriate oh. use for that symbol. Kevin, can you think of one? Well, I know that if if you've got three star looks, but you want to elevate them, you can make two of those symbols on your face while you've got your 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 pointer finger and your thumbs around your eyes as like a little mask. People love that. Yes, it's it, good it, luck. Yeah, uh, walk around your next party, next holiday party, making little uh, fake glasses with your fingers. That is an acceptable yep. use of the upside down OK sign. Uh, and I think, I don't know if you can think of any more, but the last one I got is you can, you can do that upside down okay sign and you can take your other hand and stick out your index finger and just put it in and out of the hole in your fingers to symbol fornicating. Mm. And that, that, that I think is the, uh, the other appropriate use. The most appropriate, especially on television <laughs> as the, as the cadets were doing in this case. Wouldn't have been censured for that one, you guys. <laughs> There'd be no so, investigation for that. Armed forces would be like, boys would be boys, you know. Yes. Uh, but boys cannot be white nationalists. So uh, with that, uh, that's going to wrap up Off Grand River. And Kevin, we have our next Not A Sponsor. And we've had a fair number of surprising Not A Sponsors uh, since we've, we've started this podcast. But this one might be 
the most surprising uncompensated ad copy we've ever had. Oh. Uh, you've uh, you've heard of the Shemmies, right? The Shemmies, I I think I uh, I think I knew a guy that that had the Shemmies once. And I had to go to the doctor to get some medication. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Took always some time you should, off. Should always protect against the Shemmies. Uh, oh. But no, uh, the shemmies, uh, not, uh, not a symptom of uh, uh, venereal disease, but mm-hmm. actually the annual Michigan football team awards. And the shemmies reached out to us. We, we were shocked. And I'm, I'm sure our listeners are shocked as well. But the shemmies reached out uh, to let us know in true shemmy fashion that we have won an award, Kevin. We have. Actually, I, I'm sorry. Uh, two awards I'm seeing here. They, they're just so similar in title. Uh, but we indeed, we won two Shemmies. I'm so excited. I'm overwhelmed. What are they? Tell me. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, everyone's got a Shemmy. But uh, we got a Shemmy for Best New Podcast. And, and get this, Kevin. Best Podcast of the Year. Wow, this Shemmy for best podcast goes to us? Yes, I don't know because what to say. Nothing, nothing screams prestige like a Shemmy. And so, uh, look, Michigan football, we know you inexplicably have a man playing basketball in your jerseys. Um, we know that you just feel so much disappointment no matter what happens. But we want, we want to thank you. Thank you for the Shemmies. They are the gift that keeps on giving wrap it up yep anyway kevin uh let's move on to twitter questions and we got some good ones all right yeah this was uh this was big week including the uh the revenge of the upper deck shirt guy uh not to not to jump in front of many of our of of our esteemed uh twitter questioners here but man we got some heavy engagement this week yeah, and uh, CT and TC leading us off as always came with some real questions. Wow! And yes, we 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 love the uh, ongoing frenemy status, and we he gave great questions. And so first he asks, for the rest of your life, every MSU game will be announced by either Dick Vitale or Dan Dakich. You mute, your mute button is forever broken. Who do you pick? And I just got to say before you answer the question. Uh, CT and TC's original tweet, which he deleted, which he should have stood by, said instead of Dick Vital, it looked like it was autocorrected to Dick Viral, which I believe uh, is what uh, they describe someone who has the shemmies as. The shemmies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if you had to pick between Dick Vital and Dan Dakich, forever announcing unmuted an MSU game, who would it be? Wow, CT and TC coming back with. With the Sophie's Choice, man. Sophie's Choice 2, Vitel or Dakish? Uh, oh this, this feels like a Dom question. It does. Uh, man, he's been working on this one for a while. Uh, God. At least, like, Dan Dakish is sincere in his ridiculousness to a greater degree. It Like, Dick Vitel just seems like he he discovered that people enjoyed his enthusiasm once 25 years ago 
and it's like his party <laughs> trick and he just like keeps going back to that well and he doesn't understand what works and what doesn't he doesn't know the temperature of the room he just knows that every once in a while it it hits so he just like exclaims things and dan dakish i think he's a troll to a degree but i think he I think he stumbles into his trolling because he's such an idiot. He doesn't like know that it's going to be a troll. And then he gets the backlash and then he decides, I'm just going to sit here in this energy. Um, So I will take Dakish, but it's not easy. You? Uh, you are wrong. Uh, first of all, uh, I didn't say, but CT and TC did put a parenthetical hi, Dan, in his question because. Dan Dakish uh, uh, Googles or like searches Twitter for his name. So even if you don't yeah. at him, um, Hell but, see it. Uh, yeah, I, I will say that um, I can't, I can't respect the man like that. The, the it, it really ended for me. It, and you know, the like miles bridges game being overrated thing was obviously stupid and, and he is a troll, but recently after an MSU game, there was a produced segment, as in they had highlight reels already queued up for him to talk about Cassius Winston and how great Cassius Winston is as a basketball player. And he, I believe, said Cassius's name and then said, but Michigan has a really great point guard and then spent the entire segment talking about Xavier Simpson while clips of Cassius Winston were playing and talking about how Xavier Simpson was maybe a better basketball player. And I, I can't watch an MSU game with him making my blood boil like that, he, I, I would take Vital. I would take Dick Viral every time uh, over listening to Dan Dakich. I would take a Shemmy over listening to Dakich. Um, and the Shemmies aren't easy either. <laughs> CT and TC uh, wants to also know, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, I'll take a bowl game worth watching, please. Santa, I, I forgot to ask for that last year and it did not work out. So if your elves <laughs> could gin up something for me uh, over there in the old pinstripe bowl so that as I consume this game on a Thursday or Friday afternoon at three o'clock, uh, you know, make it worth <laughs> my while. That would be fantastic. What do you got? What do you want for uh, Christmas? I would love some listeners to make their way over to Fraser's Pub. And mm. tell them they can't read, can't write, sent them. I genuinely would love that. Uh, otherwise, um, you know, uh, student loan forgiveness would be a solid start. Or, um, you know, a, a healthy dose of perspective for uh, MSU fans as, as time moves on and we, we move through January. That's so nice of you to use your wish for Christmas to bring joy to others at Fraser's Pub. Yes. Let's move on to uh, Dom Garrett. Uh, Dom wants to know, has uh, four questions for us. First, Mark D'Antonio wrote a letter to Santa. Santa, What would it say? I... Uh, Mark Antonio writes a letter to Santa. It would say something like, uh, Santa, I've been a, a very good boy this year. I would like my football team to do better than it did uh, last year, please. I'd like you to bring old football back. Or so- can your elves <laughs> make 
my defensive schemes uh, continue to work, and my the offense that I prefer uh, score points uh, because I've been such a good boy this year, Santa. Been such a good boy. What do you think? Uh, I think Watts. if uh, he wrote a letter to Santa, uh, it would say. Santa, I, I've I've been a good boy. I, I treated people with a bizarre amount of loyalty, and what I would like for Christmas is a jet sweep, and that's what it would say. Uh, what uh, what should you get a Spartan fan for Christmas? Dom also asks. Uh, well, this year, uh, it seems like you got to get him some hooch for this bowl game. <laughs> so some your whatever your preferred Friday afternoon hooch is. Load up because, uh, man, I'm not, I'm not so sure about this Wake Forest game. Uh, anyway, how do you, Um, do you have a drink that's in green and white? Something minty? I don't know. Yes, actually there is, uh, because, uh, this garbage bar in Philadelphia where the Spartan Alumni Association would meet for watch parties sold quote unquote Spartan shots that were just dirty girl scouts. And so, you know, green minty, um, uh, what I would get for uh, a Spartan fan for Christmas, um, you know, a blanket, uh, cause it's been, it's been a cold, cold year. (laughs) Uh, he also asks who on the basketball team do you think gives the best gifts? Well, I think we know uh, it's definitely going to be uh, Gabe Brown. I mean, it's, it's Gabe for sure. Uh, yep. Yep. And a question. Uh, yeah. And a, um, it, that is correct. You are correct. Uh, last question. Eggnog. <laughs> yes or no? That's a big no for me. I'm going to take this one straight up. I'm going to answer honestly. Nah, I pass on the nog. You? Uh, nope. Uh, no to the eggnog. A far superior drink for anyone who's looking for a holiday uh, boozy drink is Coquito, which is uh, a largely uh, Puerto Rican drink that is like a very, very boozy cinnamon toast crunch. It's fantastic. Oh, a Coquito, huh? Very yes. Nice. Okay. Um, Mike Jervis wants to know, if you were king of the world, how would you change the NCAA football postseason? Mm. Jerv, great question. Uh, so I would, if I were king of the world and nothing else matters, I think I'd like to do some kind of like round robin-y type thing towards the end of the season where you're just like, you don't even have games at the end of the year scheduled, like what the opponents are. You know, you're going to be like the road team or the home team certain weeks. And based on some kind of ranking system, you just sort of start you know, plugging teams outside of their own conference into this de facto playoff uh, as a means to determine what the actual best team is uh, with the small postseason. I don't know how it works. I wasn't expecting this question. Uh, It's logistically impossible. Uh, But in the case here, I'm the king of the world. So I would just decide that uh, Alabama finally has to come to Spartan Stadium to play at a certain point whenever I want to. What do you got? Uh, postseason playoff, 16 teams, and then 
need to be seven and five to make a bowl game after that. And if you don't have at least nine wins, you are playing a group of five school. Mm. Uh, so I went way grander with mine for your 16 team playoff. So that's eight, four, two, one. Are these all off campus games or is this going to be like, what is it that they call division two and I AI or whatever it's called where there's FCS FCS, whatever, uh, where there's like some of this is played on campus and some of it ends up then being played in regular bowl type venues eventually as well. Um, first round is played on campus and then rounds after that are played at neutral sites so that teams get to travel. Okay. I'm for it. Um, Jervis also asks, what is the first beer I should drink on Christmas and what time should I crack it open? Well, there's a, a Bell's uh, Christmas Porter, I believe, or something like that. Winter Porter or something. So that's your first beer. Uh, and you should crack it whenever it feels right. What do you think? I think you got to start early and you got to start often. I'm going with, and I said this, I think, on our Thanksgiving pod, a Newcastle Brown Ale. It is sweet, tasty, uh, seasonally colored, and has a low alcohol content. And you can drink a lot of them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a break. I'm going to call a timeout on here. How boozy are your <laughs> holidays? I think we have very different holiday experiences with our it's respective families. My, it's because my parents are awesome. Um, <laughs> that's, that's definitely true. I, you, you have to sell, you, you celebrate. And how do you celebrate? You celebrate through the joy of alcohol. Um, Open it up. Next question from J.D. Jerbear. Uh, who is your Julian Barnett crush from this recruiting class? Well, I think the official can't read, can't write crush from this recruiting class. Uh, keeping in mind everything that we've said earlier about uh, appearing in the mentions of recruits. Uh, Mr. Darius Snow, right? I mean, he retweeted hey. us. He uh, he took some some direct heat on Twitter about joining the green and white. Rebuffed that. And uh, seems to be a stand-up guy, right? Yeah, dude has confidence. Is going to be an amazing Spartan, and uh, you know, is going to. It seems to seems to be a, a natural leader. So super excited. Honestly, I'm psyched for the secondary. I didn't think I'd be saying that, but if my man Julian Barnett switches back over, anyway, we don't need to get sidetracked. <laughs> uh, Soldier, Dan, Dan, coming with a great question. Which I am is the best I am. For those who don't know, uh, that is a reference to the intramural gyms on uh, Michigan State's campus. He says, east, west, or circle? So there's always been legends uh, of which I am. The basketball team uh, chooses to go to to play their pickup games. It tends to be west, but I don't care. Whichever one it is that this team is going to any time of day, to just put up shots and then, you know, build an, ex, you know, an addition with all their bricks uh, is the <laughs> one that I like the best. I think that tends to be West, but it could be any of them. You? Uh, I went to, uh, I lived in Case Hall, so it's easily I am West. You, on the walk down there, you get to hear the drumline practicing. It's the best. 
I'm actually not sure if Circle has a hoop. I think it might just be like a you know like workout equipment and then the pool. But I'm I don't know. I never really went in there. I also took a racquetball class in IM West and dropped out of it because um, it was pedestrian. Oh, your gym, your college gym class was pedestrian. I spent an hour just tapping the ball into a wall, and that was the assignment. That I I couldn't. Uh, I wanted to play racquetball. All right, next up, Kzill wants to know what are your hot takes on Star Wars. Mm. At the time of this recording, Star Wars is not out, but it will be this week. I think that's where this uh, this question comes from, of course. Uh, hot take on Star Wars. Uh, given the success of The Mandalorian, Disney's going to find a way to insert Baby Yoda into this Star Wars film. You're going to find that he's just like crudely pasted in the background of a scene or made like like the center of some kind of scene or some kind of like after uh they're gonna do this marvel style they're gonna do an after credit role where baby yoda just shows up with i don't know the the new crew uh from from the new trilogy that people don't really care about that much but we have to pretend that we do uh so baby yoda what do you think um this is not going to be about the new movie but my hot take on it is the phantom menace was the movie that the george lucas memory deserved um thank you for revisiting that (laughs) he also wants to know what other blast from the past fan favorite characters will appear over under on jar jar banks Ooh, I mean, as fan services e as we're going to get with the J.J. Abrams flick, uh, I'm going to say probably uh, a low, low percentage chance of Jar Jar, uh, though that would be great. Um, in case you don't know, apparently that the Emperor is in it. Emperor Palpatine, uh, Lando Calrissian makes an appearance. Um, if I had to pick a blast from the past fan favorite, I'm going to go with the space worm in the asteroid from Return of the Jedi with Minox, the little Minox friend, showing up and messing up an Imperial Star Destroyer or something like that. And then, you know, oh, Ewoks, obviously. God, you're still talking about this. Yeah. I think we've got <laughs> one more question, too, about Star Wars. What percentage of the film will be fan service? 100%? Greater than 100%? I won't answer this question. I like the idea that you've got greater than 100% of fan service. It's like the fan service compounds in certain scenes where it's like extra fan service. Them Uh, continuing to make movies is just servicing the fans, so I do think it's over 100%. I like how they're trying to pretend that this is the end of some kind of saga when everyone on planet Earth knows that there's going to be a Star Wars movie coming out every year until the heat death of the universe. So everyone on Tatooine knows that there's going to be more. of them. <laughs> That's right. All right. Last segment from or last Twitter question segment is from the real upper deck jerk guy who wants to know what is the best Michigan brewery? Stroh's. Stroh's is the best Michigan brewery. We can't say founders right now. Uh, but I'll also put in a word for Ellison in East Lansing, the best mid Michigan brewery certainly uh well i feel like i have to say bells for a variety of reasons bells was my foray into craft beer uh bells uh we went to 
at the time, the heir apparent to uh, Bell's Brewing Company. We went to college with her. And Bell's is also the, uh, the brewery of the beer of the month at Fraser's Pub. And uh, Bell's is the most accessible brewery outside of the state of Michigan, other than maybe Founders. Um, but that's really more of a select, uh, a small selection of founders. So if you want to experience really great Michigan breweries, uh, Bell's in, is probably your best choice if you're not in the state. Um, that's my choice. Anyway, who will lead the team in three-point percentage? Who will be number two? I'm going to quiz you. Do you care to guess who it is right now at this point in the season? Um, Foster Lawyer. Thomas Kithier, 50% three-point shooting on two attempts, made one. Uh, actually, Aaron Henry, this surprised me. Aaron Henry is shooting 38% with 26 attempts, which is less than a third of the attempts that uh, Cassius Winston has made. He's shooting 33%. Right. I think Foster's over 40 uh he's at 36 percent. i'm gonna say uh, having looked at these numbers it, it seems like i should move aaron henry up my list i'm gonna say it ends up being gabe brown uh, for someone that actually attempts a volume three-point shooting uh over the course of the the season i'm gonna go gabe on this but it seems like the informed choice would be aaron henry so i'll take him number two historically it would be Cassius though like Sophomore year, junior year, he was shooting really well from three down to 33%, which, keeping everything in mind, still respectable. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I'm with you. I, I, I think that's the answer that makes the most sense and is probably true. Um, so I'm sticking with you. Next up from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy is Rapper Country. Uh, it's 2019, old man. You can have them at the same time. Okay, we don't have to separate them out anymore. Get Old Town Road. Okay, but if I had to have one, it would definitely be rap. Uh, same. Uh, who is your hall pass? Well, uh, I took uh, I took a covenant before God and my friends and family. Uh, oh, you that, did uh, that. Uh, Michael was there. He remembers. He was standing next to me. I recall giving a very excellent speech. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And how was my speech at your wedding? Mm. Ooh. Harsh. Harsh. Ooh, this was the time to bring it up. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, no. Uh, I, I, God, I don't have a whole past you. Uh, haven't asked for one now. Mine is Susie Merchant. Which leads into the next question. Uh, F. Mary Kill. Izzo, D'Antonio, Merchant. Uh, God. I mean, I'll, I'll take them. I'll take them all for, for all of them. I can't. I, God, upper deck jerk guy. Bless your heart. This is a good question. You deserve a better podcast team than, than us to answer this. What do you think? <sighs> This is going to sound terrible, but look, I think it's in that order. Izzo drops more F-bombs than anyone in the world, so you got to go F-Izzo. D'Antonio, man, he's proven he's loyal. <laughs> loyal to a fault. Like, won't, 
won't get rid of you if you pass your prime. And by the way, has a four million dollar payout coming in a few days. So I think I'm gonna hop on the Mary train, which weirdly, I Susie, can't even say it. I can't even say it. Um, all right, next question because this is really getting off the rails. Lewerke is going to get drafted in the late rounds and become a stud in the NFL. Um, just to expound on our misery, isn't he? A uh, very doubt. Don't think so. You've got to have accuracy to make it in the NFL. Uh, and I, would, you know, Brian Hoyer had it. Kirk Cousins has it to a degree. Um, I, I don't think our guy Brian Lewerke is going to make it very far in the NFL. Sounds like he's going to get drafted, but I, I think you're looking at a guy that that's not going to spend very much time in the league. What do you think? I'm with you. I will be harsher after he graduates, um, but accuracy is a problem. And, and, and there's not like a lack of tape on it. Accuracy is a problem. So yeah. Yeah. Drafted uh, on a lark uh, will maybe uh, find his way to three different teams in the first week. And then Connor cook had an accuracy problem at times and look what happened. Yeah. Last question. Uh, what's the proper beer pairing for frozen bean burritos? Uh, well, you got to go with something light because a frozen bean burrito is is heavy. So you get you got to take it easy on the system. Give it something, you know, a little like little let off let off the gas a little bit. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go with a nice like a shorts local light to pair with my frozen uh, bean burrito. What do you think? Uh, well, I would recommend heating it up first. Don't make it frozen. Um, and then second would say uh, a Modelo Especial, obviously. Mm. So Upper deck jerk guy, before you get uh, upset with us, uh, other podcasts wouldn't have even mentioned your hall pass and Mary F. Kell uh, questions. Uh, they would have just cleaned them out. So at least we had the courage to take them on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin, uh, let's uh, let's move along to our last not a sponsor. Uh, Take us away here. Sure. Well, we're very excited about this one, Michael. Aren't you? I I mean, I mean, this dollar amount. This is huge. I mean, this episode of Can't Read, Can't Write is brought to you by the Detroit Football Lions organization who wanted to reach out because they had some revisions to the open letter to season ticket holders that they posted in the press uh, earlier this week. Uh, They'd like you to know that when they said, quote, we are striving to build a team with a strong foundation of high character players and coaches that is physically and mentally tough with depth at every position and one that can be successful over many years, not just one season. What we meant to say was, we're trying very hard to be the Patriots. And to that end, we've recently contacted the Houston Astros fledgling audiovisual division and are currently testing various PSI levels for ideal football play. You know, the height of moral character. And to all of that, we would add, why are we bothering with this? Y'all gonna buy season tickets anyway, you dingus. Thank you for the Detroit Lions reaching out uh, and and being real meta with a pass, not a sponsor. Uh, clearly, listeners of the pod. Thank you to the Ford yeah. family. 
Yep, and so, he's Astros. Uh, Kevin, uh, we have some, uh, well, it was some when we started the podcast. We have uh, a basketball game coming up this Saturday against the Eastern Michigan, no longer racist, Eagles. Uh, is the Green and White Championship. What do you know about the game? Oh, I know that it's, uh, it's the game for the Green and White. I mean, the winner of that game gets Green and White for the rest of the year. Uh, I like Eastern personally. Uh, it's a great, uh, university. Uh, I know I've got family members that went there and, uh, you know, Ypsilanti is a place that, uh, other than Fraser's pub, I'd rather hang out in than, uh, than sidetracks. Yeah. Sidetracks is fantastic. Uh, the worst bar is great. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I don't think anyone expects Eastern Michigan to put up much of a fight on Saturday. Uh, I was interested. I can't recall the last time we played Eastern Michigan. The basketball team really does not play the directional schools, the directional max schools that frequently. I can't name a time that MSU played Central, for example. Uh, I'm going off the rails with this a little bit. I think Central was either early 2000s or the 90s, maybe 97. Yeah. It just, for some reason, it's always Oakland. Um, not to digress further, and, and of course, I don't, uh, uh, I have the utmost respect for Eastern, but there was a, there was a, I think it was a blog post or, or something posted earlier this year that got some play about how you can correlate the decline of Eastern Michigan basketball with the rise of Oakland basketball. Um Apparently, and this was sort of before my time, Eastern Michigan used to, you know, do well, uh, relatively well, uh, not only in the MAC, but like with some NCAA tournament appearances. And, uh, you know, they had some some players that were of uh, certain renown, got in the NBA, got some play Um, that has not happened. Basically, my entire living memory. Um, So I thought it was an interesting point that, you know, maybe there's only enough room for a couple teams. Certainly Detroit Mercy hasn't been up to much and they even had a McDonald's American all, you know, seven or eight years ago now. So, um, not much to say about this game. Again, it'll be quite like with Oakland, uh, just sort of keeping an eye on what's happening with this MSU team. Do we know, is Rocket Watts going to play in that game? Maybe, maybe. But I, I think really the takeaway is that when I asked you, what do we know about the Eastern game? You proceeded to mention the name of every other mid-major in the state. Um, so that's all you need to know about <laughs> Eastern Michigan. I've been to the Convocation Center. It's fine. Okay. Fine place to watch a game. Look, it, this, this continues to be a streak of games that MSU needed right now. Um, you know, they, sh- they should win, and it gives them a chance to hopefully get this offense going so we can move into January with some real progress. So, Indeed. Um, so to recap, uh, Kevin's a three-star. Uh, <laughs> tall, thin, but not grotesquely so. Um, you shouldn't use an upside-down okay symbol unless you are speaking in sign language or making glasses on your face. and. Um, go green. 
And this was as close to an, an off-topic summer-type podcast as uh, as we've had to do. So uh, not to go too meta with this whole thing, but uh, if you like this content, <laughs> yeah, you've got more if, of this to look forward to after after basketball season. Yeah, if, if you tolerated this, thank you for sticking with us and <laughs> look forward to more in the summer. Um, we We will have a podcast out sometime next week. It may drop a little bit early may drop just before the 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 game next week the bowl game next week we'll preview wake forest a little bit and uh try and come up with a fun segment for us to all interact but until then everyone enjoy your holidays however you choose to celebrate and uh go green and go white